You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Alan Seiler. Hi. And Veronica Dashel. Hi. And joining us this week, Vandy Beth Glenn. This might sting a little bit. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How's, there, how's everybody doing? Awesome. Yeah, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is that uh, for me? Thank you. That's for, that's for anybody who'll take it right now. <laughs> that's for whoever whoever has was not here yesterday. Right. Yeah. How are you, uh, Vandy Beth? Sorry. I am I am doing quite well. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. I just got off several weeks of being a being a poll worker yep. uh, here, oh, that's in the, true. here in the state of Georgia, uh, which was very, very satisfying. Yeah, we wanted to have you on um, either of the last two weeks, and you're like, "Sorry, man." Yeah, democracy takes precedence over Trek. It's true, as it should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, we have news this week. First of all, Terry Metalis has said a thing about the captain of the Titan A which will be showing up in season three of Mr. Pickard. He, he quotes, or sorry, he says, quote, that captain is also a major character. It's not a character you've ever seen before. And you will be hearing more about the Titan a from this captain. And it's an actor I'm very, very fond of when a fan tweeted that Todd Stashwick who played Deacon in 12 Monkeys would make a great captain. Metallus responded, Now that's a good idea with a smirky emoji. Now, does that mean anything? No way to know. It's possible, though, because Metallus has stated previously that he had cast somebody from 12 Monkeys in Picard. And so far, no, you know, 12 Monkeys person has shown up. So, uh, it's, it could be that that's who it is. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I've never watched 12 Monkeys, so I don't know this guy at all. I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, actually, he did play a, a, a Romulan or a Vulcan in okay. sometime in Enterprise, in season four of Enterprise. Excellent. He played a Vulcan because he was in the in the three-parter that was on Vulcan, the Forge and the whatever else and the other thing. So, yeah, so he has a Trek connection. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, This past Sunday, December 11th, was the first annual Children's and Family Emmy Awards. And we have a couple of big wins. First, Prodigy took home the award for Best Production Design. And rightly so, I must say, because Mm -hmm. that is a gorgeous looking show. Um, It was also nominated for Outstanding Animated Series, but uh, City of Ghosts, which I don't I'm not familiar with that show at all. Mm, so I don't know what it, what it's like. And also at the awards, LeVar Burton was given a Lifetime Achievement Award for his work on 12, sorry, for his work on 21 seasons of Reading Rainbow. The wow. special Emmy was presented to Burton by Lawrence Fishburne, 
who introduced a pre-recorded intro video that included a tribute from TNG co-star Whoopi Goldberg and ended with a message from his former captain, Sir Patrick Stewart. Burton awesome. mentioned in his speech that he was inspired by three great creators, Roots author Alex Haley, Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry, and children's television icon Fred Rogers. Yeah. So all worthy of being inspired by. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, he definitely deserves the accolades for it. I mean, I I I was in the reading rainbow generation. You know, I grew up mm -hmm. I mean, I knew about reading Rainbow before I knew about Star Trek, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I, I grew up with LeVar Burton. So I, I, yeah. I love to see him getting all the props he can get. Absolutely. Definitely. And I remember us mentioning once before that episode of Reading Rainbow where they showed tra uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Bloopers from the early episodes of TNG. Yeah, they did a whole behind the scenes thing. They did was, on how the show was made. Yeah, my earliest memory, I think of mm -hmm. that I, of Star Trek. Um, was was there a was I, there a book of bloopers? Nope, nope. They just took the <laughs> rainbow cameras on the set and talked to the crew and went behind the scenes and. It was awesome. It, yeah, it was fun. Huh. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Sir Patrick Stewart, he has joined TikTok. Or maybe <laughs> someone joined on his behalf. I'm not sure. And he launched his new account. I think today by reading the first bit of 12 days of Christmas in a comfy chair in front of his fireplace. So I imagine we'll be seeing him for the next every day up until Christmas time, reading more from that story. Awesome. I hope he'll be very popular on TikTok. I think I suspect. <laughs> what? I didn't know there was a story of 12 days of Christmas. I thought yeah. it was just a song. There you go. Get TikTok and find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with having Sir Patrick Stewart read a story to you. Are you sure it wasn't 12 Monkeys of Christmas? It could have been. It could have been. That's very true. Terry Metallus is involved. Yeah. It's time traveling all over the place. I, I okay. would go watch that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing to me. And then two quickies. Um Strange New Worlds Season 1 will be released on Blu-ray, DVD, and Steelbook on March 21st. And uh, comics company IDW celebrates the 30th anniversary of DS9 with a new miniseries mini called Dogs of War. And the first issue of that will be out April 2023. There you mm -hmm. go. That's the news. It's a wrap. Yep. Well, if you don't mind me throwing one in. Yeah, um, please throw one in. Gabrielle Beaumont passed away this week. Oh, that's and, right. I forgot to mention that. Yep. Oh. I know that just, just uh, that news just recently came out. So it sort of was, probably yeah. wasn't on your list, but she was the first female director for Star yeah. Trek. Um, and she, I mean, if this, the list of episodes she directed, I'm not going to read all of them, but booby trap disaster yeah. face of the enemy, lower decks and purgatory shadow blink of an eye. Like they're just classic after class. Great, so, great episodes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, um, yeah, obviously she was uh, pioneering and opened a lot of doors and, mm -hmm. you know, produced a lot of great work. Yeah. All right. All right. And then I don't have a whole this week in Trek again. I mean, this week, you know, this week in Trek history again. But I did want to mention that yesterday was the 30th anniversary of Chain of Command, which we were by coincidence just rewatching this week. And yeah. uh, it's a fantastic two part episode. I mean, that's one of those those two parters that everyone remembers forever 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just stellar. And just the, the, the guest cast in that episode is fantastic. And it was yeah. never planned to be a two-parter. Was it not? No, it was, it was a single episode and they were, I forget what happened. They were, but they lost an episode somewhere down the thing. And they're like, well, we can't like, you know, we don't have the money to build like new sets and stuff. So they just mm-hmm. wrote that second episode onto it. And the second episode is the one, you know, where Picard is being tortured. That's the, that's yeah. the episode. Yeah. It's and like that we, was, we, that was the add on. Well, we need an all time classic episode. Someone write one and slot it in right here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that worked how it out. Tends to go. Yeah, awesome. exactly. It's just like the last song thrown onto an album ends up being the biggest hit. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, I anyway. always, when we, when we're working on a, a puppet show, I always think back to watching Get Back and uh, watching Paul McCartney just like squeeze songs out of his brain. <laughs> You're right. Um, right at the last minute, and, I'm, and I always feel better about myself that if that's how Paul McCartney does it, then we're doing it right. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be Beatles soon. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, speaking of chain of command, we're going to be talking about Jellico tonight and Vandy Beth Lynn. You've, you're joining us for that. So if you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break and promote a fellow ESO network podcast show, uh, but we'll be right back. So stay right there. yourself one question punk what the hell is a cigar nerd welcome to the cigar nerds podcast it's the only show where two guys smoke cigars and talk about nerd culture do you like movies games comics sci-fi pop culture and beer do you like science nerd news explosions for no apparent reason then this is the show for you it's like being in a nerdy cigar shop but for your ears Check us out at CigarNerdPodcast.com. And I ran some polls this week, just sort of curious. I know Jellico could be a polarizing figure. And Mm -hmm. so on our Facebook group and on Mastodon and on Twitter, I ran polls, basically just yay or nay about Jellico. And the I mean, results are pretty split on Facebook and Mastodon or on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it was pretty pro Jellico. And then Mastodon was very anti Jellico. So <laughs> that's an interesting, it's interesting. That is, I mean, that's a sociological study right there of the people who are still on Twitter and the people who have moved. Like there's got to be some kind of like delineation of mindset. <laughs> Well, let's say how we we voted first before we start lumping up us into political groups. <laughs> I would change my vote because <laughs> I like Jellico. Oh, I love Jellico. Okay, good. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I think it's interesting. That, you know, we've had that discussion before about is Star Trek military? I mean, Starfleet is it military or is it not? And I think that had we had a captain like Jellico running throughout TNG, you would, there would be no question. It's a military organization. He runs it very militarily. He's, he's very by the book. He's very on a schedule. He's very, I'm going to make these changes and things are going to run the way they run. And that's, that's it. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? You say very military. Like he's asking something unusual from his crew. (laughs) 
<laughs> he, well, gives, but, he gives the crew orders and he expects them to be carried out. That's that's like but, baseline military. Exactly. But <laughs> what's interesting to me about these episodes is that by doing that, you draw that contrast with Picard's style. And yes, Picard comes down hard sometimes. And yes, Picard, you know, disciplines sometimes. But at the same time, he's much more, he seems much more lenient, especially when compared to Jellicoe. That's interesting no? too that say Picard well, seems more lenient because Picard, especially originally, was very much like, yeah, you know, make sure I don't make an ass of myself in front of kids. <laughs> you know, it was like right. from episode one, like he's not really like a warm and fuzzy guy, you right. know. But I think part of it too, and uh, Ronnie Cox was just recently saying this, was that part of the reason his character stood out so much was that TNG was a very like non confrontational show, like not, you know, sort of against conflict amongst the crew. And then yeah. I think whenever you have a character like Jellicoe or Shelby or Ro Laren who yeah. has a lot of conflict, they sort of leap out of the show at you, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vandy Beth, you were in the military. So what yes, is, I was a naval officer back, right. in the, back in the before times. And um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there was a, there was a kind of a parallel um, um, history on, on the ship that I served on. We had a, we, uh, when I first joined that that crew, we had a captain who was very laid back and easygoing, and uh, um, the enlisted men, the enlisted men loved him. And uh, the fe- me and my fellow officers, oh, something happened to my camera. Yeah, your camera. Yeah, you all lost. Okay. Can you <laughs> anyway, can you still hear me anyway? Oh yes, yeah, we, we can. hear you. Yeah, we can still okay. hear you. Well, now we can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, this I've, show I've is never just ser- going well tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I never served in the military, but I mean, just working professionally, I mean, mm-hmm. I've had to. I have to adapt to different bosses, you know. And, right. I, and I'm in a position right now where I'm sort of like the number two to the person who's running the operation, and I've done that at a couple different locations now, and having to deal with over the last seven years, very different management styles and implementing very different policies, sometimes at the same location, sometimes, you know, in in a different territory. Um, And that's just something that you do. You sort of adjust Mm -hmm. to what the boss wants to make. And maybe you bring your concerns to them, but also, you know, getting the, getting folks on board, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know Jellicoe was in a situation where they were about to head into a very tense diplomatic situation that could very easily turn into a shooting war. Yes. So, I mean, he came out of the gate like, here's the plan. Implement it. And Mm -hmm. didn't expect to find out later it hadn't happened. (laughs) You know, what I find so interesting, though, is that it it illustrates the crew's difficulty in making that adjustment, you Mm -hmm. know, and they even, you know, try to go to Jellico and say, hey, look, this isn't what we're used to. Picard does things a different way. And he's like, well, screw that. I'm not Picard. I'm right. running the I'm running the ship right now. This is what you're going to do. I loved that about him. Mm. Hello, Veronica. Andy Beth. How are you? Hey, I, welcome back. I'm good. And I was just what I was just going to say was we had we had a, a captain who was very easygoing and and um, le- lenient and and not so uh, not such a stickler for a lot of the rules. And the the the, the enlisted men on our on our ship loved him and. Uh, me and my fellow officers couldn't stand him because we never knew what we could count on. <laughs> we never right. knew. We never knew when uh, suddenly uh, 
a protocol or a rule that had always been followed would suddenly be not that important anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that makes it very difficult. Exactly. And then we had a, then we had a change of command. Um, uh, cause these things happen when you're not on TV. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and our new captain was very, uh, very by the book. He, he, um, was, uh, he sternly enforced all military, um, military protocol and pomp and and um, rules and regulations. And uh, me and my fellow officers, well, I wouldn't say we loved him, but <laughs> we we always knew where we stood with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and the enlisted the enlisted men, of course, couldn't stand him. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, but you you know we we got things done under the new captain. Um, and, and we, we even, um, we even had a, a circumstance where, um, the number of, the number of watches changed under the new captain, just like interesting. did on the enterprise. That's um, interesting. So how, how did they like expect like then basically the next shift to suddenly be the new shift that was not there before. And they're pulling from other shifts for all these things. And suddenly all these other people's sleep schedules are just effed. Or was it more of a, Hey, we need to get this going. Let's get this started and get people on a schedule and we can have it going by tomorrow. Or was it like a, in two hours, we're going to have a new shift. Go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because that's what it seemed like to well, me. Well, to be fair, though, that happened after the party, which I don't know how long a period of time that when Riker was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I didn't do that because everybody thought it was a bad idea. I asked him, <laughs> you know, Angelica, well, we're warping to Cardassian space. We're going to be there in two hours. Go. Yeah. They're, <laughs> you know? they're going into a, a, a clearly hostile and very dangerous situation. Obviously, <laughs> Obviously, that's not the time to get slack about your orders. And Jellico right. was completely right to yeah mm. to to tear Riker a new one over that. Um, I yeah. I agree that it it was appropriate to tear him a new one over not following orders. I think making a change that is fairly that drastic very quickly, right before they're going going to be going into a hostile situation, is a bad thing. Because I'm just thinking as one of the workers where I'm on second shift, suddenly I'm on fifth shift, and I have to get up four hours earlier, and my schedule's not going to be like that, and my first like week doing that, I'm going to be crap on the job, because mm. my sleep schedule's going to be completely fucked up. It Oop, sounds like you're... Messed up. Sorry. Sounds like, it sounds like you're saying being in the military is a difficult job, Veronica. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is why I was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So, Vandy Beth, this is a topic that you wanted to discuss for a while, and we were trying to find a place to put it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, those intrusive elections came up and you weren't available for the last few weeks. I know. Oh. So yeah. what was it? What is it about Jellico that you wanted to bring to our, to this show, to this discussion? Well, I, I think as I've already as I've already indicated, I'm a big fan of the character. And I think um I just think he was he was what the show needed and maybe maybe the series uh any none of the series would have been as popular if more of the captains had been had been like Jellico but he is uh one of the more realistic 
yeah. captains or commanding officers we've ever seen on the series. And I just, mm. I just, I just appreciate the heck out of that. Yeah. Um, from, from um, his, <laughs> from his um, constantly beating Riker about the ears to, to, um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to uh, immediately gaining the, gaining the respect and loyalty of data in a way that we've never seen. <laughs> data followed him around like from a data before exactly <laughs> <laughs> to to his to his it's ca- like yeah to his casual suggestion to to Deanna a military officer that maybe she should be wearing a military uniform yeah yeah exactly it's right. like I did like, like that part it's like she's she's been flouncing around in pretty dresses for <laughs> five years and he's like what the hell are you doing on this bridge in a pretty dress? Exactly. Uniform. She never put on the flouncy pretty dresses again from that point on to the end of the series. <laughs> never so again. Obviously, he had an effect. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I seem to remember reading once that Marina Sirtis had always wanted to be in mm-hmm. a standard uniform, and there were there were technical costuming or makeup reasons why they couldn't, and it wasn't until... It yeah. wasn't until Chain of Command where they 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 were they were they were required by the story to figure that out, and so obviously <laughs> Troy wasn't happy to to have to start wearing a uniform. But my understanding is Marina Sirtis was over the moon that <laughs> that she could finally wear uniforms. Right. I remember the showrunners saying like early on, you know, that Marina is a beautiful woman, and you don't want to hide that beauty underneath a uniform. And then at that point, and I don't remember if it was the same person or not, but at that point, the showrunner's like, "Well, Marina's a very beautiful woman, and she she just wears the heck out of that uniform." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, good, <laughs> well, good political flip flop there, buddy." Uh, they they right. didn't want to hide her beauty under a uniform, but they did want to hide it under that hideous jumpsuit that she <laughs> that she wore instead. Right. <laughs> so I don't see the problem. Exactly, Veronica. You and I just rewatched it. How how well did you remember? chain of command before we watched it this week so i had forgotten that the the four lights was part of this episode (laughs) okay um (laughs) well how well did you remember jellico i remember jellico okay and i remembered him being like he was (laughs) and um i don't like the character i i like the way that the character was used Mm. to tell the story okay but i do not like the character you're relieved of uh, duty, Veronica. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm 100% And you're on fourth shift now. I know what's going on. And I know how this crew works. And the crew trusts me. And you're being completely insane asking for all these sudden changes across the board. And I'm going to come to you and tell you about this. And then you're going to be like, go to your room. <laughs> oh, wait. You're the only one that can do this mission. I'm not going to order you. Right. Right. Let me get a couple okay. of comments. Um, Matt Sweatman says about Jellico, to be fair, we really only see Jellico in a situation that could have led to war and he needed to be very strict. Exactly. Who is that being fair to? Jellico. Uh, Jellico? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he might be watching. That's just, you never know. <laughs> And then about Deanna, he says, besides, we needed we needed her to be in the uniform for the cake they made to cut into. 
<laughs> they would have made the cake in a different design. Sure. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Cake yeah. I, look like anything. Well, uh, moving away a bit from his command style and to his um, negotiating skills, what do we think of the way he was handling the Cardassians? That was not the way to handle the Cardassians. That you don't think so? That nope. was exactly the way to handle the Cardassians. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. It's it's just like it's just like at the beginning of Discovery where you're like, do you open fire because the Klingons respect you know the Vulcan hello that the Klingons respond a certain way to a certain thing and the Cardassians do as well, right? I think the problem though is that the Cardassians are better at establishing the dominance than he is because he's yeah. going to make them wait and then try to assert dominance and they're going to abduct the abduct the captain of the Enterprise. Yep. And use that in the negotiation, <laughs> you know, yep. like they're playing the long game. They invented this whole like secret base to lure Picard there yep. so that they would have him to go right. into the situation with. Yep. And Jelly was like, all right, so I'm going to make them wait for half an hour and then they'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that he was right in his action. I just don't think he was right in his prediction of their response to his action. Yeah, I think he has an understanding of how Cardassians, like their minds work. Right. But he's a Starfleet officer. He's he, he didn't he would never have thought of kidnapping Gold Madrid and and having him in the back room to go into the negotiations with. Whereas the Cardassians are, you know, they're yeah. playing chess and he's playing checkers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's, uh, I thought it was interesting. He's trying to outdo them at being the way they are. Yeah. And, and you just can't, you know. Also, he was acting super crazy with them. <laughs> like, like he was acting like lunatic when he was in the room. It's fun, though. It's fun to watch him. It, it is. It was hilarious to watch because I'm just there like, why are you being an idiot? Stop being an idiot. I, I love Please that. Stop being an idiot. I love stop. that scene where Riker's like, well, at least he's sure of himself. And Deanna's like, no, he's not. Because <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a put on. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's but, selling it, though. But I think isn't a lot of things in, you know, that kind of situation and that kind of negotiation to put on. Yeah. You have to put on a front. You have to present yourself in a certain way. Definitely so right. she could have read that from anybody who was in a negotiation situation. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think she was reading him from um, what he was saying to them after he had left the room. Yeah, it could and, be. And his certainty I mean, of. Of this is going to go well, and this is what's going to happen. And well, yeah. he's projecting his confidence in front of the crew. He's not going right. to walk on the bridge and say like, "I hope this works, or we're all screwed," you know, because <laughs> the crew is going to be shaken up. You know? Exactly. I mean, I, but I think probably a lot of his actions through the episode is he's not sure if he's doing the right thing. But how can you be? <clears throat> you know, you're make a plan, and then you're heading into a conflict with an alien species. You know, I mean, the best thing you can do is act like you know exactly what you're doing. Right. That that's true in all avenues of life. Yeah, especially think, brain surgery. <laughs> I think the difference I see in those types of things with Jellico and people like Picard and Cisco is you see the aside of them talking to their science officer, their first officer, someone of I'm not sure this is going to work, but we're going to go in strong, either before or after. Um, but you didn't get that with Jellico. He was just pretending that he knew exactly what he was yeah. doing the entire time, which mm -hmm. I think is what pissed me off. He was not trying to have any kind of relationship with his crew. I mean, yeah, granted, he knew that he was he was pretty sure that he wasn't going to be staying there. Right. So on one hand, I get that. But also based on what little of a personality we saw, I don't think he is 
a personable person in general. Mm. Well, he's got a he's got like a family. He's got kids. He's got some kind of life back home. He has a Which, son who's bad yeah. at drawing elephants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pushed him right. over the edge. <laughs> I love that bit where Deanna comes in to talk to him about how the crew is not so sure and this change too much changing too fast. He's like, well, thank you for letting me know you're in charge of their feelings. <laughs> right. Make sure they get on board. Exactly. That's my fav- you make my them favorite all feel better. The I expect it to be done. Now go change. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that flouncy pretty dress. <laughs> right. She wasn't even wearing a flouncy pretty dress. I was one of her like onesies. No, she was wearing the ugly onesie that time. Yeah. yeah. The gray one with the pur- the like the gray purple one with the purple thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I, why do you think Data took to him so well? Because I think, I think be- he took Data's like, oh, this is how things are, and yes, this can happen. I think it was him accepting Data's that yes, this is possible, and Data is just like, oh, okay, the captain agrees with me. I'm going to follow him around. It wasn't anything it, like Data took to him. It was a, oh, okay, the captain is wanting me to do things. <laughs> I think Data took to him because he's a he's a logical being and he understands where Jellico comes from and the decisions he's going to make. Okay, right. And Data is not emotional, and um, Jellico did his best to remove emotions from the equation. He was a. There you go. He was a no nonsense captain, and and right, and emotions are nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Vulcan of you. Yeah, one of my <laughs> least favorite scenes, which uses data and where Jellico's like ordering Jordy to make these changes, and Jordy's like, "It's within parameters," and he's like, "It's not up to my standards. We need to improve it by fifteen percent." And data's like. It is possible to do it in that amount of time. And and Jory's like, yes, if I work every single person around the clock for 48 hours or 24 hours or whatever it was. And um, Jellico's like, all right, great, get to work. And, yeah. and Data's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, Data, I'm glad you can work 24 hours around the clock. <laughs> These people are not Data. I'm sorry. They have to sleep but at, but at the same time, they're now on they're now on a four shift duty rotation. So every shift is cut short because you still work on a 24 hour basis. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you have mm-hmm. a six hour. So they're not going to get as overworked. Maybe. No, because he said everyone working around the clock. So that made me think all now five shifts working four shifts for 24 hour strafes. Well, I, no, maybe it was three. It was four and now it was five, right? I think it was three. No, it's three and now it's four. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, if you if you if you have a special job that needs getting done, then then you're going to. Yeah, well, that's true. Pe- people are going to work extra hours. Right. Never mind. Never mind the the, the duty rotation. Exactly. Just that's like in retail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad we're not in a um, money-free society because that's the only thing that keeps bosses now from doing that. <laughs> All the overtime, <laughs> right? You don't have to worry about that. It's P and L's going to be fine. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah, I like when a character like this or like Shelby or like um, Rolaren come into the show. It, 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 you really see the contrast with the next gen crew. And yeah. I like seeing, I mean, frankly, I like seeing Riker get his feathers ruffled and Jordy <laughs> pissed off in the hallway. I did think right? it was kind of unprofessional that Jordy and Jordy and Day or Jordy and Riker are just walking down the corridor bitching about the captain. Yes. Like, this crewman walking by and stuff. Like, man, this guy <laughs> yes. sucks. I yeah, love those is, scenes. That is not the way to do it. <laughs> right. I love those scenes of of Jordy and Jordy and Riker whining about having to work so hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> I drink their tears like wine. <laughs> I'm drinking wine. That's true. That's true. I drink their tears like hard seltzer. <laughs> This is one of the most sympathetic characters I've seen Ronnie Cox play, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something. Well, he was the guitar player in Deliverance. He was okay. pretty good guy there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know him more from Until like he got Stargate killed by Hillbillies. And, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Deliverance in quite a while. But um, yeah, most of his sci-fi roles, uh, he's not playing a nice guy. Yeah. Robocop, Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. Veronica, you know I'm most from Stargate. Do you yeah. think you're do you think Senator Kinsey influences your perceptions of Jellico at all? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks just like him. Yep. <laughs> True. <laughs> Acts a lot like him too. Because <laughs> Kinsey's a worse human being than Jellico is. Yes. Jellico's trying to keep everybody alive, ultimately. He doesn't know that they're all gonna be alive next week. I'm sorry you're having to work long hours and you hate your job today, but He's hopefully not sorry. you'll be alive next week to to care about it you know yeah maybe yeah. maybe we won't all exactly. die and before the federation falls <laughs> yeah i do like, a lot on the line yeah exactly i do like at the end though picard comes back on the ship and jellico is basically like the chair is yours once again everything will return to the way your crew likes it to be and he just kind of steps away and that's you know that's great yeah. he recognizes that picard has a different style a different command style than he does. And that's okay. You know? So. Yeah. I would have loved a spinoff with Jellicoe and Shelby. as a God, yes. What a great yes. show that would be. Oh my God. Everybody would hate them and it would be great. Everybody would hate them. <laughs> that would be the entire premise of the episode. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. that series would not last. <laughs> I, I think it would have because it would be like you watching yourself complain about your boss constantly. <laughs> I feel like people would love that so much. Watch a Star Trek crew basically be themselves at their job. So is it The Office? I don't know. I've never seen The Office. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. But a hard ass rather than an incompetent. Right. Yeah. He's yes. not He's not a Michael Scott. No, he's not a Michael Scott. Definitely right. not. That'd be a very different show. Right. Jellico's not, not going to have a world's greatest captain coffee mug in his ready room <laughs> that he bought himself, right? that he and replicated can, himself. And you can always have Rain Wilson switch over to his mug character at any moment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to go ahead and transition over to talking about Star Trek Prodigy? Let's do. Bronco, mm -hmm. you got a, a spoiler warning for us? I'm trying to think wow. of something I haven't done before. Hold just on. Say just do something. Keep going. <laughs> what? What? Spoilers? What? 
What? Spoilers. What? What? Good job. <laughs> Bird. <laughs> like the red alert. Oh. Like old school red alert. Okay. Okay. I can see it. Yeah. All right. Without well, spoilers for Star Trek Prodigy Mindwalk. Uh huh. You can't see it, but my dog came over and stared at me when I was making that noise. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Mindwalk. What do we think? Your that dog's so thinking fun. what we're all thinking, Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> F was that, <laughs> and why did I have to hear it? <laughs> yes. Okay. What do we all think of Mind Walk? I love this episode. Yes. Yeah. Me too. God, this was great. Uh, it is yeah. the it is the, the top two. No, no, it is my favorite Mind Swap episode of Star Trek this year. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, so I, I know you were a, a big fan of the. Well, I can't remember the name of the Vulcan one. Spock-a-muck. On Strange New, yes, Bakamak on Strange New Worlds. Do you so this one has that? topped it. Hmm? Do you remember that? Because Don't I, I? Mean, if well, you do, your memory is faulty. Because I, I thought was... I thought you defended it. Maybe I did, but <laughs> okay. Maybe so my what... own mind has been swapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But... So what? What other one comes in second place to this one? Oh, it would be that one. Cause oh, because there are only two, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it's a more distant second than I'm thinking. I think that's right. Yes. All I just, right. Um, I love, uh, I mean, the the premise was kind of ridiculous, but yes. a mind swap always is. Uh, so sure. I just, you know, I just sort of swallowed that and moved on. Uh, and after that, I just thought um, Kate Mulgrew's acting was fantastic fantastic yeah (laughs) loved it that was the highlight of the episode what's that yeah i thought i thought brett gray was good too i totally agree with you great job Mm -hmm. he did an amazing jane way yeah yeah um yeah i mean and and yeah she was great as doll it was i mean it's (laughs) It's uh, hilarious yeah Mm -hmm. as she was doing all those things like i pictured Dow like puppeteering her body from inside her skin or something <laughs> i know that's kind of creepy sounding but that's, that's what, what brains do <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true that's what brains do is puppeteer you that is tremendously creepy sounding <laughs> i'm staring at you like your dog does right now <laughs> yeah there's i mean this episode had a lot that you have to sort of just let go with the plot <laughs> There's a lot of things that sort of strain credibility. I think I feel like Janeway's crew should have got wise a little sooner than they did uh, because mm, she was yeah. acting pretty strange the whole episode. <laughs> and things like um, the starships are flying close enough together that you can play charades between right. windows. I mean, it's like if you're in an office building and you're going to play charades with somebody in another <laughs> office building, like that's hard. You can't see them that well. No, you know. Exactly. And if you ever look at the the windows on the ships, they're just a little blown out. Like. But then, as soon as she, as soon as Doll's ready to jump out of the ship, all of a sudden it's way far away. It's like dramatically far away to, to you know, it, things like that are are a little tough to swallow. But um, and if they instead they of playing to- charades, why didn't they just hold up signs? You know, like in those Hallmark commercials where there's like you know a building across the street from each other, and they communicate by holding up signs. Just write the right. thing out. Yeah, and I'll read. Well, that's a good point. Um, at the same time, though, translator. Yeah. At the same time, though, 
this is the second opportunity that that doll had to actually speak the situation to a Starfleet officer and he didn't take it. He could have said, look, I'm, I'm not your Janeway. I am, you know, there's been a thing. Do you think that would have worked? Do you think, I mean, obviously with Ascentia, it would not have worked, but what about antennas and, you know, <laughs> I love when he called. Charged. Yeah. Keep I love that. Awesome. Pew pew. <laughs> God, I love that so much when Jane May was like, pew pew. But yeah, but you feel like if J- like if Picard was going pew pew, you'd have a dramatic look from Riker to Worf. You know, yes. like that would not go on for half the episode before anyone you figured it out. Yes, exactly. They did talk in the in the corridor. Well, she's just acting a little weird, you know. Right. Look or if into Picard spits it. out his Earl Grey and says, Why does he like this stuff? Right. <laughs> would be like, Come on. This, this crew's first mission. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, we have to remember think... that this show is for kids and it would entertain kids. Yep. So I know. Well, also, also, once you've reached the rank of vice admiral, you've been in the service for long enough. People are people are used to not questioning your actions. <laughs> and so you have to you have to deviate pretty far from the norm before people start to think, Hey, maybe we should do something here. Yeah. I mean, she was deviating pretty far from the norm. Yeah, I think so. Well, I know. And, and eventually it reached that point. Yeah. As we saw. Yeah. But I, I, I think it was fairly, it was uh, fairly credible that it, it took them as long as it took them. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was just fun enough that it doesn't really yeah. bother me, but I yes. just wanted to mention it though. You know, right. things mm-hmm. like the charades is, is, or like transferring your mind through a phaser beam. Um, that was, things like that. That's just it, the episode's fun enough that I don't, I don't really care. I mean, exactly. Just, now, I if, it was, uh, if Keith were here, he would probably go off on the science of phasering yourself and to create a vortex or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> a conduit. A conduit. Yep. That's it. So I, I speak on Keith's behalf. I mean, they they established it at the be, at the beginning of the episode that any sort of mm-hmm. of energetic connection between them because it was a it was a oh, what okay. was it that made the swap in the first place? It was, it was some it was zero the and the mind hive mind plus the organian DNA and the phaser beam hitting the, the ship. phaser beam that was right. it yeah yeah so, yeah so we yeah, already had the precedent of, of a phaser phaser beam yeah. enabling that sure, sure yeah yeah but that doesn't make it less silly no yes it does oh sorry the first time but the second Not time bad. it's established <laughs> <laughs> okay how star trek works right right um matt sweatman says doll in janeway's body reminded him of cassandra in david Tennant's body in doctor who i thought cassandra took over rose's body the f well, she did both. I don't know. Oh. I don't know if we're... Hey. Are we still here? Okay, awesome. Wait, who, is who's still here? Hmm? You, you guys disappeared from our screen. Yes. And then now you've oh. returned. So I don't know if we disappeared from the stream or what. No. I continue okay. to be able to see all three of you. We continued to exist. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I think someone phasered someone else and <laughs> right. your, your minds <laughs> walked somewhere. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I love this episode. I thought it was yeah. um, a, a really good, uh, you know, from the last week, which was sort of like a, you know, a pause on the continuation of the main storyline. I think this one just like, 
just oh, yeah. rocketed mm-hmm. forward. Well, Very I like good. that they, they, they got the Janeway in the dark thing out of the way, but now there's a new complication. That's right. what we talked about with the show before. They're, they're good at that, of getting past this hurdle. And now the next hurdle is that Janeway's in the brig, you know, yeah, and they're facing like the entire Federation Starfleet, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is bad news. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so what, do y'all, what do y'all think about um, what's his face letting Janeway go? Oh, that the seemed divider. weird. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. No. no. He that just karate chopped character. her like two weeks ago. Yeah. He, he karate chopped her and then, then threw her in the closet. And then right. she was in the biggest, like, you know what? I've had a change of heart because you were nice to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that did not, that did not it, fit. And it didn't make a lot of sense that there's no one standing around guarding her. Yeah, that too. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the captain is possessed or replaced or whatever. We've got her. Um, or the admiral, since she's strapped and down in sick bay, this diviner guy would just picked up and go in and talk to her by himself. Though that'd be fine. Yep, that's fine. He's he's <laughs> yeah. definitely not part of the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's unrelated entirely. Yeah. to what's going on. He he he's a perfect un unknown thing. Yeah, but <laughs> unknown things never cause problems. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but like I said, I, I liked this episode a lot. I thought it was fun. It's really great for the performances. I liked the Janeway and Janeway scene. I liked that they switched oh, yes. back to Admiral Janeway for that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, right. I thought that was fun. Yeah, um, and yeah. Like, character building as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'd been wondering since the show premiered if if hologram Janeway was ever going to meet actual Janeway, and right. And I thought it was a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So what are we looking forward to for next week? I want to see even how Janeway is going to get out of the brig and what right. she's going to say. And she's going to, she's going to talk to either tusks or antenna and sway them to, to like convince them to where, wherever that, you know, so that they take her side. I mean, this it's not going to last like more than one episode. She'll be out of it next week, but yeah, because we've only yeah. got two more episodes. Two, season, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up to what is the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're so used to ten mm-hmm. episode runs that this is actually a twenty episode run that's been split all the hell in right. like three different <laughs> chunks. But so there's going to be a bit. I just feel like there's got to be a big ending in two weeks. You know, yeah. to keep you hooked for until the season two comes out. Right. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I love cliffhangers. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted I wanted to say about this episode. I loved the moment early on when when Janeway was in Dal's body and the rest of the Protostar crew asked her asked her who she was and she stood up she stood up proudly and erect and, and said, I'm Admiral Janeway, like a it, it, and they they played it like a hero moment and even Dal's tail was fluttering off to the side. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like a flag. Like, like a flag. Her. Exactly. <laughs> that is so true. That's awesome. Oh, that was good. I like Man. how we got, we've got to the point now that um, Rock Talk is just spewing the techno babble left and right. Yep. You know, they sort of have over the course of these, whatever, 18 episodes eased into it, but mm-hmm. and now she's just full on science officering. Yeah. And 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 then Dick and Pog was like beep boop beep boop beep boop. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I great. do two things that I really liked about that. One is that Janeway tells Rock, 
you're going to make a great science officer one day, you know, which yes. just lights, oh, lights her up. But the mm. other thing is, I'm sorry, but Dal is never going to be in Starfleet because he is an augment. Mm. And but. Gwen's reaction to that, you know, I love that moment. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get around that because is he an augment? Did yes. they actually start off with a human and then augment him? Or did they start off with human DNA in a Petri dish and augment that? So technically, he's not an augment. He is a new um, species. Well, I think Maybe. that'll be part of the discussion of next season. I think that that's really going to yeah. come to a head. I think we're going to have a measure of a man kind of episode mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. I, I hope so. that would be. I mean, I'd prefer time travel, go back and uh, go back and find Chakotay or go forward and find Chakotay or whatever. But that would be really interesting as well to have a, a season about or, or several episodes about Dow and deciding if he's a new species, if he is an augment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although they're, they're already going to be playing that theme in Strange New Worlds next mm-hmm. season. So that's true. That is true. So I it's got to be. Go ahead. I'll just say, I think it's interesting to have these multiple production teams making Star Trek at the same time and picking up on similar threads and exploring them. I think think that's cool that you've got the the Illyrian thing going on in Strange New Worlds and now the doll thing going on and um, maybe they'll be they'll turn out similarly and maybe they won't. Who knows? I, you know? I think they'll have to be, and, I, and I'm sure that this is, you know, in the greater discussion, I, they have to be done in different ways. This has to be resolved or, and handled and, and it's going to have two different sets of consequences and I, it won't be like an exact parallel. So I think we're going to see the same issue, but sort of like attacked from different angles. And I, I, I find that really interesting. Right. But yeah. also from a practical continuity and yeah. history point of right. view uh they're gonna things will be being established in strange new worlds that prodigy will then be mm-hmm. beholden to refer to in its next season mm-hmm. right and i can't wait till we start getting that kind of thing um matt sweatman says janeway's ability to instantly gain the trust and loyalty of the protostars crew contrasts with what we discussed with Jellico. Mm. Man, what if Jellico had been mind swapped with Dal? Oh my! Yes. <laughs> Get oh it my. done. Jesus. Oh, that had been awesome. Had been like, no, take this and throw it out of an airlock. I've Get had done. Co- I've had quite enough of Matt's Jellico bashing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Cut his mic. I think it's just an observation. It's not a yeah. bash. <laughs> I, I yeah, because I mean that's. That's that's true. The captains that we see are good at gaining the trust of their people. Mm-hmm. And the captains that we see in single episodes are the opposite to show yeah. the contrast. Right. Often. Yeah. But I mean, Picard wasn't super warm and fuzzy in his first episode either. You right. know, um, I mean, really, I mean, Cisco didn't even want to be there and Kira was shouting at him, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not everybody is like super popular when they, in their, in their first episode, he had to basically, um, like, um, well, I know I did that. I forgot about the term, but he had sort of forced quark to stay, even stay on the station. Mm, you know? yeah. Black, yeah. Blackmail. Blackmail. That, yeah. I That's knew true. you were talking about quark when he had to do this thing. And I don't know what the thing is. And even before he said Quark, I was like, "Yeah, he's it's Quark." Trying to keep his underage nephew in jail. If he did. 
<laughs> that wasn't very Starfleet. No. <laughs> right. All right. Any closing thoughts about that? Uh, let me let me see. While while oh, Ben uh, is yes, go ahead. I hate 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 it that Jane Wayne referred to the events of Threshold. Yeah, because I would prefer we all agree never to mention that episode ever no, again. You have to mention that. I episode. like Threshold. <laughs> cut, cut, cut his mic. <laughs> Um, it was amazing I it was... when um oh now I'm blanking on his name. Robert Beltran. Beltran. No. Oh Duncan McNeil. Yes, yeah. Um when he was at uh Trek Lanta and um he was he was talking about that and he was like, Yep. It was it was terrible makeup. Everyone hates it. <laughs> but I thought it was great. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Alan? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, no, no, no. There's no reason to be. I don't remember. That's 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 my bad. That's on okay. me. It was a good episode. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and really, I think the performances really sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and really elevate it. You know. Yes. For sure. All right. Well, we'd previously talked about our 100th episode, which is coming up. And we were planning to do it next Thursday, but that's going to be on hold for a little bit. We're having some scheduling issues. So the only thing I can say for certain is that it won't be next Thursday. And then we're, we're still sort of nailing down a day to when we can get together and talk about the 100th episode of all the Star Trek shows that made it that far. The, the holidays sort of complicate things. And, um, you know, it's my birthday that day and it's uh, people have holiday plans. And so it's what we need to do is uh, we're going to, probably we'll just post on the facebook group when when we're going to do it when we're going to do a live stream and we'll yeah. get that sort of the the, the timing worked out because we're all sort of hopping around holiday obligations right um, so everyone has next thursday off so you know, take, take shore leave you know everybody. the one you know the 100th episode of enterprise is my favorite episode of that show <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing because they know what that episode is but i have no idea there's not one. Oh no there's not one that's what's funny <laughs> right it, uh, it ended at 98 it was right. so close <laughs> that close <laughs> yep all right alan where can people find more of you well people if they were so inclined could go to cosmicpress.com k-o-z-m-i-c press.com and they can see a list of my podcast and a list of my books and a list of the books that i've published from other authors there and how about you, Veronica? Did you say Veronica or Vandy Beth? I, <laughs> I said Veronica. Okay, cool. Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Right. And how about you, Vandy Beth? Well, you can see me doing stand-up comedy uh, at various venues around Atlanta. And more specifically, on January 6th, I will be at the 40 Watt Club in Athens, taking part in an, in an event called 51st Jokes. I'll be one of 50 comedians, each of us telling a two-minute-long joke for the very first time on stage. Wow. So that should be a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have a closing for us this week? Yes. Excellent. Vandy Beth spoiled it earlier, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. You mean you want me to exit a starship, go to the middle of a warp bubble, and make physical contact with my own body. 
Listen, I was once transformed into a salamander. Nothing can be as difficult as that. Let's do it. <laughs> Great. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.